1: Welcome everyone to another episode of Revolution Recap. We have another debate episode for you today. Today, Seth McComer of the Bent Musket and Tanner Ribello of the Trifecta Network are going to be arguing whether or not the Revolution's championship window uh, is closing shut soon or if it is going to last long for years to come. One quick note about these podcasts. These were recorded on January 3rd before the Latif Blessing and Dave Romney acquisitions Another thing, too, is that we are taking one side of the position and we are arguing for that side of the positions. These do not necessarily reflect our actual opinions do have a third debate episode that is going to be up right now on our patreon so if you are a patron of our podcast you can go listen to that now at patreon.com slash revolution recap and if you are not you can listen to that now by subscribing to patreon.com slash revolution recap also be sure to give us a review and rating on itunes spotify wherever you listen to podcasts we always appreciate the reviews and the ratings it really helps us get our podcast out there and make sure you follow us on instagram at revolution recap and on twitter at revolution recap and make sure you follow our revolution recap facebook page to stay current uh, with the podcast also some quick shout outs we want to thank our partners uh, the rebellion go check them out at anyrebellion.org to learn more about how you can become a member season memberships are now on sale for the 2023 season also we want to give a shout out to our friends at the bent musket uh, they also just created an instagram so uh, be sure to follow them at the bent musket as well as the bent musket instagram uh, and of course read their great work at www.thebentmusket.com for year-round coverage of the Revolution. Uh, And of course, thank you to our sponsor, Galasso Kits. All of you should know by now that you can save 15% off your order at GalassoKits.com by using promo code REVSRECAP. So uh, big shout out to Galasso Kits. And again, promo code REVSRECAP to save 15% off your order at GalassoKits.com. And with all that being said, here is the debate on the Revolution's championship window. I have Tanner Ribello and Seth McComer here. Guys, how's it going? Excellent. Great. Don't sound so excited, Tanner. (laughs) I'm excited. Well, Tanner, you're making your debate uh, debut today. You and Seth are going to be going at it over whether or not the revolution are the championship window for the revolution is closing. Uh, Seth defeated me last time in our uh, debate over where the Revs need a upgrade position wise. So, uh, Tanner, I'm I'm the judge here and I will try not try to be as unbiased as possible, but I'm hoping a little bit uh, that you get some vengeance for me. Why don't you start us out? Do you think the revolution's championship window is ending?
0: I do not. I think the window for the revolution is not ending. I, I think what we have seen the last couple of years is ownership willing to invest in the club. And they did it by bringing in Bruce Arena. But I really think that the long term outlook of this team is great. And, it, and it's more than just Bruce Arena. If Bruce Arena retires and moves away. I think there is still something here. I think they're going to continue to invest in this club. And I think when Robert Kraft invests in something, you know, it ends up being successful. Um, you know, if you look at the Revolution, obviously they had a a down year last year, but the year prior they had a record-setting Supporter Shield season. I, I think looking ahead into the future, the fact that Gillette Stadium is going to be a World Cup venue and that the World Cup is going to be here in the United States in 2026, I just think if you don't invest in this team and don't make it competitive, you're really going to be missing out on the upside from that. So I think it, it's easy to envision this team Continuing to invest, continuing to make sure that they are a championship caliber organization going forward. And that's the reason why I'm optimistic. I just think you'd miss such a financial opportunity and upside on this club if you don't invest. So I think Kraft understands that. And I think that's part of the reason why they're loading up as well as being a respectable club in MLS as a whole.
2: Tanner, I love your optimism, but the championship window is closing. I mean, if you look at this team, they're starting to uh, have pieces that are going to be leaving or possibly leaving in the near future. Gustavo Bo, this is going to be his last year in the New England Revolution unless he signs a new contract. And we know that Gustavo Bo is aging. Uh, he had injury concerns in uh, 2021. Uh, he is someone that wants to go back to Argentina. He has said that in the past. Uh, so Gustavo Bo leaving would, would open up uh on a a dp spot but it also creates a need for another goal scorer so who knows in that situation andrew farrell signed a multi-year contract extension in 2020 we don't know how long that is but he's someone who's also getting up there in terms of years and if he leaves now you're looking to try to bring in a center back there are multiple players who have european interests express that european interest henry kessler dewan jones brandon by georgie petrovich We also see Veroni and Barrero, these players that came in, when they were brought in, they were being talked about as players who have European futures. And the reason why they came to the New England Revolution is because the revolution showed the ability to bring in young players, build them up a little bit, build their profile up, make them a little bit more skillful, and then sell them overseas. We saw that with Buchanan. We saw that with Turner. We saw that with Buxa. So the question is, what does this team look like beyond this year? there's no guarantee that they continue to have that strong core going forward. At some point, Jones or Kessler or uh, Petrovic uh, are going to want to go overseas and you have to then replace a lot of pieces. And if you look at the New England Revolution, they have not really been successful in the recent transfer windows. Captoon didn't really work out, Honor Tristesen, Mafla. And if you're looking at domestic things, uh, people that were brought in, something that's really a specialty for Bruce Arena, those didn't really work out either looking at uh, Josie, Omar, Sebastian Legette. There are a lot of pieces that are going to potentially move on very soon, and there's not a lot of confidence right now that they are definitely going to replace those. Obviously, Bruce Arena has hit on some of those individuals. Buxa, Bo were very talented for the revolution. But if you're talking about replacing a lot of players, that's very difficult to do, and there's no guarantee that that's going to happen. Sure, the revolution has been more um, ambitious, in recent years under Bruce Arena, but there's no guarantee that they're going to be able to bring in the right pieces. Even the most ambitious clubs in MLS aren't able to do that. You look at like the Seattle Sounders. Yes, they won CCL. It's a real big accomplishment. It's a huge moment for Major League Soccer, but they missed the playoffs. You look at um, Atlanta United, very ambitious. They've already won a championship, and they were going through this really struggling time during their club history. So of course, Bruce Arena and Robert Kraft are going to want to be successful, but there's a question of like, do they have all the right pieces? Are they gonna identify all the pieces? You have to do it right now. Like the window is right now. Carlos Hill is, is lighting up the league the last couple of years. Uh, Gustavo Bow, when healthy can do very good things the back line is one of the best uh, back lines in terms of their ability to work with each other yes they concede a lot of goals but there's chemistry there Dewan Jones is someone that a lot of people are, are very high on Kessler can play very well as well and you look at uh, Petrovich; he's one of the best goalkeepers in the league so the question is how long do you have that core together and healthy I'm really questioning if this, they're going to all be there beyond 2023.
0: It's important to note when you're building a team, you never know who's going to be a success, right? You bring in a player, and the hopes are going to be a success. Who was Adam Books before 2020? No, no, who he was? Gustavo Bo, Carlos Hill before he came here. So all these players that are now successful players within the organization were not here before. So you can always add to the team and find success. If you look at Adam Books in 2020, most people were writing him off. Most people said he was already a failure. So Giacomo Veroni. We'll see what he does this year. Dylan Brero as well. So there's always going to be players taking that spot. So that's the key in building the success of this franchise long term. And I think for Bruce Arena, this is a legacy thing for him. If this is his last stop as a coach, he's going to want to put something in place for the long term. And I think that's something that Robert Kraft as well, building into 2026 and keeping this momentum going. I think you're going to see players move on. You're going to see players like Gustavo bow Carlos Heel, Petrovic being sold Dewan Jones and players like that. Players are going to move on and the key is going to be Acquiring talent to ensure that there is longevity and I think that this organization is focused on that I think for the long term This is going to be a great team and a great organization that is going to want to win MLS Cup and have a soccer specific stadium I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic in that pursuit I think it's easy to look at 2022 and then look at the ages of some of these players and say This is a short window, but I think the key is to continuing to invest continuing to hit not just on your DPs, but also in the MLS Super Draft. You're seeing young academy players like Noel Buck, Esmer, as well, that are coming through the system, and there are going to be an impact as well. So I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic with this Revolution team, and I think they're fully committed to the long term rather than just focusing on this season.
1: Wait, yep. moderator, moderator really wants to just interrupt real quick. Tanner, I'm going to give you a bonus debate point right now if you can pronounce Esmer's last name, because I heard you hesitate. You want to give it a shot?
0: <laughs> Bajrak Tarovic. <laughs> Did I get it right?
1: I have no
2: idea, but I'll I'll give you the point anyway. Seth, I'll I'll
1: transition it over to you now that I've uh, put Tanner on the spot.
2: I'm really glad that you gave him that second to look um, to say that because I opened up my phone and went to this great Substack, Trifecta Sports, and the the headline that you're talking right there is that the Revolution are abnormally quiet and it remains largely unchanged after a disappointing 2022. As far as I'm concerned, this, this article and what I'm seeing is that uh, there's not a lot of confidence that they're going to always bring in the right pieces. Right now, the, the offseason uh, heading into 2023, we're talking about the biggest acquisition being Bobby Wood on a one-year contract as a striker. From there, you're talking about uh, three players that were brought in via the draft. And Balmo was someone that they gave money and they moved up in the draft pick, but we don't know for sure – uh, if he's going to play and if he does play where he's going to play, he's someone that said that he's able to play multiple positions. But he, but uh, Bruce Arena said that he's possibly going to play as a number eight box to box area. So even right there, we don't really know what his role is on this team. To be a championship level team, you have to bring in players that replace other ones. And Bruce Arena said that um, recently after the draft. He said the reason why they were unsuccessful in 2021 is because, excuse me, 2022, is because of all the injuries they had and the fact that they sold three big players in Major League Soccer it's sometimes hard to replace those big-name players. And that's the reality of Major League Soccer. The New England Revolution, they play in an area that's cold for part of the year. They play in an area that has a very large stadium that's far away from Boston, the main city nearby. So as a result, it's not always the most desirable place to try to get players. If you are in the Galaxy, if you are um, LAFC, if you are Miami, you're able to track uh, certain types of players in a much different way. I personally think Bruce Arena has done a good job of kind of changing the way he brings in players, finding some young guys who have potential and trying to build them up. But there's no guarantee, like you said, that those players definitely become successes. So when you're trying to uh, replace known commodities that are doing very well in this league in an Adam Buxa, in a Tejo Buchanan, in a Matt Turner, yes, sometimes they're going to hit. Look at Petrovic, already hit. But a Veroni, a Barrero, some of these other guys that are coming in, we just don't know. And if you're going to be losing players after 2023, there's no guarantee that you're definitely going to uh, be upgrades or definitely equal type of players, and that's a big concern for me. That's a huge concern if we're thinking about that championship window. Okay, uh, Carlos Heel how, like, he had a very, very healthy season last year. There's no guarantee that happens, right? That he's a player that sometimes does get injured. I don't want him to get injured. You hope that, like, that, that's beyond him. But the reality was when you play in sports, when you play on a turf surface, when you play a lot of games, and there's going to be a lot of games this year because of uh, the Open Cup and the League's Cup, there's possibilities of injuries. So whether it's him or someone else, that's a real big concern. Last year, we saw that injuries killed the revolution. In 2020, when Carlos Gil went down, it hurt the revolution. And luckily, he was able to come back just in time for the playoffs, and that was a huge uh, boost. But you never know what the things are going to happen, and you have to be able to start doing well right now when you have the players out there. You did mention Bruce Arena, and I've often said that doing Wien- and revolution are going to be a – um, good team, a challenging team, uh, one that's going to go for a championship as long as Bruce Arena and Carlos Hill are part of the New England Revolution. The question is, how long is Bruce Arena going to be part of the New England Revolution? He's currently 71 years old. And if you go back to when the Revolution won the Supporters' Shield, there was a great article by Kevin Baxter. 10 it, seconds, he, Seth. In it, He basically talks about how uh, Bruce Arena is going to one day want to move on. And it's not a question of like, Does he have the perfect storyline ending? It's more about walking away from the game and leaving a legacy elsewhere beyond soccer. All
1: right, let's move on to Tanner. We got four minutes of Seth here. And Seth, I think I speak for all of our listeners that we don't want to hear you talk that much. So Tanner, what's your counter to Seth there?
0: Yeah, my counterpoint to Seth is, yeah, this offseason was quiet, but I I do think Bruce Arena wants to achieve and go out on a high. He doesn't want to go out like he did in 2022. If he'd finished in 21, I think he would have been able to say he accomplished something. But I, I think... You know, he has a goal in mind of being competitive for an MLS Cup in this market. I think, you know, he continues to say that, you know, they want to bring a real stadium to New England. And I think ownership really is committed to that in the long term. Um, I think this franchise lives beyond Bruce Arena. I really do. I think that, you know, you're starting to see the commitment even prior to Bruce in terms of starting to spend some money um, and start to open up the cash book. And I think the team sees the upside in that especially with 2026 on the horizon. So yes, they're quiet this offseason, but I think there is a lot of upside on the existing roster with Ferroni, you know, with Jose Altador, you know, what can he provide to this team? I think Dylan Barrera also has upside as well as the young players that we started to see, you know, Damian, Noel, uh, Eshmir, and then obviously Petrovic and goals. So I think there's upside within this existing roster. Um, and in terms of attracting players to this market, you know, Boston to Miami is only a three hour flight. So it's not a big deal to get to the warm weather.
1: Yeah, Dylan Broero does it all the time. Yeah, um, Tanner. Here, quick counterpoint: with this current roster in place, because we're talking about a championship window, with this current roster in place, do you think the Revolution are championship contenders right now?
0: No, I think the window though is beyond this season. I think there, I think there is a, still a two to three year window here with this roster and continuing to add on to it.
1: So you think, if anything, the window is reopening?
0: Yeah, well, because it closed in 2022, they didn't even make the playoffs. I like
1: I like that. I like that. Seth, uh, what's your counter here?
2: I think the window was open in 2022 uh, too as well, as long as everyone was healthy. Uh, I said it right before uh, the end of the season that if the Revs went on a run similar to what we saw in 2020, they would have been a dangerous team. It was just too little, too late. I think your your, your colleague, Sean Donahue, was often making a comment about that, is that uh, were those players truly going to get healthy? Were they able to adapt? I think the window was still open and it was a difficult place to be in last year in 2022, but if everyone was healthy and playing at their best soccer, they could have been a dangerous team, and that's still the truth in 2023. Beyond that, I just really don't know. You mentioned Bruce Arena uh, wanting to leave behind a positive legacy. Of course you want to walk away with a championship. Every single person wants to walk away from the championship and and to, to prove that you've done something. But like you mentioned, Tanner, Bruce Arena has already done something. Like, he has revamped the New England Revolution to the point that they actually created a new uh, logo, a new crest for the club because they want to be seen in a different way. Bruce Arena, in that article by uh, Kevin Baxter, he said, what I do for a living is not real meaningful. you like to be able to do more in your life than be judged on winning games. And that's, he wants to go work at a food bank. He wants to give back to the community. He wants to do something beyond soccer. And He has nothing else to prove. Yes, winning a championship or opening up a stadium for the New England Revolution would be a huge deal and a huge feather in his cap. But he did well for the U.S. national team, especially during his first stint. He won championships in D.C. and L.A. He is someone who uh, brought a second team to the New England Revolution, gave them a new strategy, bringing in young players. He did so much already in his career. Eventually, you have to walk away. And the question is, does he want to be still, you know, doing the day to day when he's 75 years old, or does he want to walk away and maybe, maybe like be a part of the organization in some way, but like walk away? And, and as soon as he does walk away, yes, you hope that things continue. Yes, you hope that Kraft uh, sees the the revolution in the same light. But it's just no guarantee. Again, I mentioned so many franchises where they got a new coach or a new ownership and it changed. And we just don't know what this uh, revolution team. Uh, an organization looks like if Brutus Serena does walk away. And it wouldn't surprise me if he walks away in the next year or two. All
1: right, so let's do this. Why don't we go to a closing statement, and we'll do about one minute each. Um, Tanner, I guess we started with you, so I'll let you do your your closing statement. One minute, go.
0: Yeah, I I think this championship window for the Revolution is two to three years based on the current roster. I think, you know, Bruce realistically will be here for another two to three years. Um, I I do think there's a secession plan, or at least – you're starting to see it with some development of the other coaches as well. You know, Kurt Analfo is in the front office has developed and has done some really nice things on the Rebs 2 side. So I think this this organization is really building a machine that, you know, it, it's more than just the first team. It's more than just the top talent. I think they're, you know, they're building a strong core. And you're going to start to see that uh, in this season. I think it's going to be successes from the academy players. Uh, I think it's going to see you're going to see a gelling in the offense. Maybe we're going to find out what Gustavo Bo's position actually is on this team. Uh, So I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic, not just about this season, but the long term. I think, you know, this window really is going to be the next two to three
1: years. All right, Seth, closing statement. One minute. Go.
2: Yeah, four minutes. Absolutely. Uh, Again, I think there's no promises when it comes to soccer that, yes, things uh, look good on paper and you hope that you're you're uh, going to be fine going forward. But there's no guarantee that you're going to bring in the right players to replace other ones, that players are going to develop the way that they should. Uh, right now, the Revolution have a strong lineup with players that can uh, do the right things, a game-changing goalkeeper, one of the best number 10s in the league, and hopefully some strikers that are able to put the ball in the back of the net. If they don't win this year, there's no guarantee that this team stays intact. Dewan Jones is looking at Europe. Kessler is mentioning Europe. Players' uh, contracts are, are uh, coming up. And with with the Revolution's recent track history in their transfer windows, there's no guarantee that they're able to replace those players. Yes, they brought in some very good players, but they also had some big misses. I personally would rather have success with the lineup that I have now than trying to bet on the idea that they really get those things right going forward.
1: All right. Exactly one minute. Good job, Seth. You've improved improved your timing throughout this uh, episode. Um, Well... I have my uh, super scientific uh, grading scale right here and the results uh, I'm, I'm believe the argument that the championship window is going to be extended because Robert Kraft will continue to invest in the team. I don't have as much faith in that argument as Tanner does. Uh, I think that Kraft has invested over the past few years, uh, but to think that he's going to be doing that long-term, I don't have as much faith in that. Uh, And I also think that Seth brings up a very good point that this team from, uh, Gustavo Bo and some players getting older, uh, and, and there might be some turnover in the near future. And we're just, there's just a lot of uncertainty. So, um, I'm leaning towards Seth, but I did give a point to Tanner for trying to pronounce Esmir's name. And also Seth talked way too, way, way too long. So I deducted some points there. So I have this down as a draw. So great job to both of you guys. Congratulations on the draw. um, if anything, I'm, I'm a man of the people, and I'm going to let them choose who their winner is.
2: Did I lose you? <laughs> you no, know, I, I think we're going to wrap up the episode. I don't know what to say. C- Congratulations on the draw. Uh, I believe I still believe that I won, and I look forward to uh, people uh, putting in their, their votes. And if uh, I don't win, then I think it was rigged. <laughs> Well,
1: thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, We'll be coming back with another debate episode in the near future or more Revs news uh, if it occurs. So until next time, thank you, everyone, for listening and go Revs!
2: You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say didn't see that coming. And we hate the people responsible for them.